0: Chime in. Anytime. <laughs> oh, no. I'm enjoying this far too much. Haven't you ever seen a rare hairless Wookiee before? Uh, always remember I am here. Always remember I am here. Always remember uh, I am here. Always remember
1: uh, I am here. Uh, <sighs> Let's blow something up. Lord. Anakin Skywalker was... I destroyed...
0: It doesn't matter where we come from, Admiral. Our will to be free is what's going to be. I am no Jedi. I'm glad I gave
1: you something to look forward to.
0: That thing's not a Wookiee.
1: Hello there and welcome to episode 36 of Distant Echoes, a Star Wars podcast where we travel through the galaxy watching each episode of every Star Wars TV series in whatever order we please. And however many episodes we want to do at a time, because this shit is always different. I'm your host Cassie,
0: and I'm your other host, a wealthy galactic shellfish connoisseur, still waiting for Sid to deliver my damn crabs. Where
1: are them damn crabs? <laughs> How many a bushel?
0: She's probably don't know. overcharging for sure. <laughs> also known as Tommy.
1: <laughs> yes, and as I hinted at the beginning of this episode, um, we are doing the last, or actually, sorry, the first three episodes of bad batch season two yeah
0: we made it we're on season two season two is here Um, we're doing
1: a speed run right now because we want to (laughs) catch up we want to make sure that we are you know watching it as everyone else is watching it and getting to like talk about it as soon as it drops so yeah
0: i mean it makes sense and the first we talked about this but the first two episodes are basically like One episode, like it could be, it could be they could have been one episode. I think. Um, obviously they kind of elongated it, you know, because there was a lot that happened. But yeah, I think, you know, and, and we'll talk about it when we talk about the episodes. But there was a lot of like discussion about how the first two episodes didn't really deal with much of the the story and stuff like that. But um, you know, I think it just we just ended up in a spot where you know it made more sense for us to do all three. Also, there's Someone's cutting down trees near our house, so (laughs) hopefully the mic's not picking that up. You're
1: an ominous humming. That's what it is. (laughs) I also just wanted to mention, we have a little bit of podcast news, I guess. Um, We are doing our own episode of episode four, but we're also going to be collabing with uh, the Stark Wars podcast this week and recording an episode with them to talk about episode four. So it's just very exciting to... uh, Sorry, episode... Three. No, we, we did the first three episodes. Oh, episode episode four four
0: drops this week. Okay, sorry. I was really confused. I I was like, like,
1: why are you pointing fingers at me? (laughs) Yes, I was right for once. Episode four. Um, And we're going to talk about it twice because our next episode obviously will be that. And then we get to talk about it with them. And uh, check them out. They are a Star Wars slash Marvel podcast. Um, Very excited just to be able to collaborate with the community. And I guess just put it out there that we're happy to like... Do that with anybody that yeah. wants to. I love following. Well, maybe
0: not anybody.
1: Not any. We might be a little bit particular, <laughs> but, you know, just for the safety of our values and friendships yeah. and things like that. Um, but fortunately, I love seeing all the great welcoming loving awesome people in the Star Wars yeah. community that I've seen on Instagram so if you are listening to this if you happen to listen to one and you do follow us like please reach out we'll reach out to you too and um it's cool to like find other people in the community that are that are like-minded individuals about this so yeah I just wanted to say something about that but
0: yeah that's it, yeah I, I'm really excited about it too and it should be it should be fun to yeah. talk more Bad Batch with I some know. other people. It's exciting
1: to know other people are yeah. watching it. Not that people aren't, but like, you know, yeah. in this day and age, we've talked about how a lot of people are really into the live action Star Wars franchise at the moment because there's so many things. But Bad Batch is so
0: good. Yeah, it's a rare condition this day and age <laughs> to read any good news on the newspaper page about people watching Bad Batch. Oh,
1: shut up. I was like, wait, why are you? You were like giving this look like I'm doing a bit and I'm like... <laughs> I'm not following, but okay, I'm just going to...
0: Cassie, we've been married for how long? That's always my face. My face yeah. is always the face of someone doing a bit. He rolls
1: over while we wake up in the morning, and I'm like, what's about to come out of this? What's,
0: what bit is about to happen? Bit's what bit is about to drop? What bit am I going to be a part of today? Exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, okay, so <laughs> but before we jump into these episodes, yeah. I'm going to talk about these episodes. <laughs> which <continue>. Okay. <laughs> no, I just yeah. wanted to yeah. say it's so... It's so exciting that the show is back. Yes. And we'll talk about it when we get to the episode. But, like, th- this is some of the best Star Wars like, animated series. And I, even, like, best TV series. Like, I know we say that all the time about a lot of the. Animated Star Wars stuff just because that's it just improves too, like Like, it just
1: keeps getting better and better.
0: It does, and like even the animation seems to be it seems like they took some cues from Tales of the Jedi, and like the animation seems to be a lot more I don't want to say like fleshed out, like there's just like the style seems to be evolving, like very ever so slightly, but it's noticeable, which is a good thing. I think that's really good. It's not just kind of like the Clone Wars framework. There's We get more of like the brush strokes on the mm. armor and some of the backgrounds and things like that.
1: Yeah, very specific choices on what the animation looks like now. Yes. Right? Like that's kind of its trademark style. And it's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. It's so gorgeous. Like, like you said, we're going to talk a little bit more about that because that's like one of my notes in the first episode. Especially because it's a lot... <laughs> Of a, it's a lot brighter of an episode than we've s- the last few episodes. We yeah. commented that the last season was very dark, like yeah. literally, like hard to see. Mm-hmm. And this first episode was very bright.
0: Yeah, the first the first two were definitely brighter. This the third one, I think it, it gets a little bit more of those kind of like neutral gray tones, darkness that we see a lot. And so I mean, because that's just the it's a dark episode, yeah. And it is a dark episode. Um, but yeah, I, I think just speaking about the art style but also to like the overarching story it's really refreshing that we're still getting like these just these really beautiful stories of these clones and like we're it's still evolving right like we know we've known about the clones like forever like when we got the clones we had this very basic framework right Mm -hmm. and obviously clone wars like flesh them out a little bit more and it's just it's really cool that we're still getting those little bits and pieces of how these clones these really rigid uh uh, like-minded basically individuals are so different from one another and like we're still seeing that and it's it's really beautiful the way that they do it and especially in the third episode again we'll talk about this but just overall i think like if you're not watching the show, you're probably not listening to, to us right now. Sure. But if you yeah. are listening to us and somehow not watching the show, you really need to do yourself the service of w- like watching the show. The Season mm-hmm. one, I think, phenomenal. Obviously, we talked all about season one. I think so far, season two, for me, is shaping up to do something, some really incredible stuff. I'm, I'm really excited to see where it goes.
1: What I really like is that it's about the Bad Batch, right? The most unique clones. But really, it's about the clones as a group of individuals that ironically are supposed to be clones, but are learning that they can still be individuals despite what's happened to them. Yeah. Like it's we, we, they always talk about their purpose just having been the one war and now they feel obsolete and they even have human like counterparts that are taking over their positions. But we are starting to see, it's like, where are they going to go? And that's what's fascinating, is like, mm-hmm. what happens to these guys? Like, Because we don't really know that from the lore. Like, we've seen a few tidbits, like, um, in Mando, when we see the one clone officer, like, kind of begging for scraps on the road. That was Mando, right? Or was that a... No, that was Obi-Wan. Yeah, but still, like, that's all we... That's the first time we're like, oh, that was, like, so startling. Because we are like, yeah, what happened to those guys? Like, yeah. where are they? And
0: we're, um, we're, yeah, like you said, we're starting to get some of that. Also, too, just some real quick background stuff, uh, and then we can like jump into the details of yeah. each of the episodes. But um, obviously, this show just premiered um, the date that, that this episode is releasing. It premiered two weeks ago. So on uh, January 4th, there was, and we talked about this a little bit, but like, there was a little bit of, there was an original release date that. I don't know if it was ever official, but it was like the, I think it was on the schedule and then obviously it got bumped. Um, And so, you know, the show is releasing later than we had anticipated. Um, But, you know, it doesn't seem like there is any, I I don't, I haven't seen anything that kind of said one reason or the other. Obviously the original release date was around the time of Andor, which was obviously like, that's been kind of the talk of, Star Wars because that show has been like so well received. We still need to
1: watch it. <laughs> yeah, we do
0: still need to watch it. Uh, that show's been so well received. And then this is going to be like leading into March, which I believe right after that is when we're going to start getting Mandalorian. Um, some of the other shows are going to start picking. There's a lot that's going to be Ahsoka? happening.
1: I'm still gunning for So. I don't know man. if we have an
0: official release date. I know it's supposed <sighs> to be this year, so it might be like end of year. Um, obviously, I think. I think with all of that in mind, like there's just these like lead up moments, there's these kind of like talks that there might be like these overarching kind of stories. And so what we get in Bad Batch season two, my expectation is that it's going to be something that ties into the overall story just a little bit more. Obviously, we, we talked about this in in the last episode where we kind of get that where uh, Nala Se is taken to that cloning facility, uh, the Empire cloning facility. There's some talks and rumors that uh, some of the storylines from, uh, I believe, and I'm talking a little bit out of my ass here because I haven't read it, but I think it's Air to the Empire has like cloning uh, stuff in it. And so people are wondering if they're going to take some of that. Air mm-hmm. um, to the Empire, obviously, like a Legends novel about, emperor thrawn but anyway
1: we know thrawn's going to be involved in we know thrawn yep
0: yep we already know thrawn is is in that story we know that in ahsoka we're going to get the rebel some of the rebels characters back we've Um,
1: also seen some animated episodes linked other animated series not just clone mm -hmm. wars obviously but like we're going to talk about this but dooku's tales of the jedi episodes are very prominent in In the first three episodes um or references to at least, I yeah. feel like.
0: Yeah, and so I think that we're we're getting set up for just like lots of little tiny tidbits um that are gonna be referenced later on. And, and we had this in Obi-Wan too, mm-hmm. like when you think about it, because Obi-Wan referenced when he was kind of reading the names of the Jedi that had traveled through, yeah. he named off Quinlan Voss, which is a character that kind of began um, I believe began in the Clone Wars. So yeah, so anyway, all that's to say, I think one, this is going to be a really cool year because we're going to get so much just <gasps> awesome shit. But also, I, I, if I had, if I was to place bets on it, I would say that there's going to be some like little nuggets that are left out that I think are going to tie into other things. I also really, really hope that people end up watching Bad Batch just because I have this innate fear, just given everything that's going on with streaming stuff right now, of like animated shows and stuff like that getting canceled. Disney hasn't, from my knowledge been like canceling stuff because
1: that doesn't make sense why would they but
0: um because bad batch had the kind of like pushback and things like that i'm a little i'm a little anxious so um Mm. i'm i just i hope i hope people keep watching this i think it is again i can't i can't say it enough i think it is some of the best animated uh stuff since like you know I mean, I mean, all of it is good, but like, it's just, it, it's still up there. Like, it's in that high tier absolutely. that I think season seven of like the Clone Wars really established. So, absolutely. With that, do we want to just jump on into the first two episodes?
1: Yeah, let's do it. So I've kind of. Uh, put the first two together, like we yep. said, we feel like they're kind of, and their names are even uh, connected. They're Spoils of War and then Ruins of War, or what the first two episodes are called. Mm-hmm. Um, and I put the two little like scenarios together for the summaries. The first one is The Bad Batch Plans a Risky Heist. And then the second one is the bad batch must decide who to trust as they plan their escape.
0: Wait, is the heist referring to the crab heist, or was there another heist?
1: I don't know. Well, the the heist is, I guess, technically the war chest, but <laughs> oh! <laughs> there is a crab heist, and I'm going to
0: talk about that. <laughs> it's like, wait, they just used the summary for like the, the very, very first, first five minutes. Five minutes. of the I mean, it's pretty epic. But
1: uh, the director here, uh, no new director or writers actually. Stuart Lee and Jennifer Corbett uh, directed and wrote. The first two episodes, and they worked on the first or the last few episodes of Bad Badge season two, too. So that Mm -hmm. makes sense. Or sorry, season one. Just to like, you know, obviously like continue the line the through line there.
0: To have that continuity. Um,
1: Yeah. And so we only actually get one new cast member this uh these two episodes, but I'm gonna go through them all. D actually two, actually. D. Bradley Baker, of course. We have Michelle Ang, we have Ben Diskin as A Z. He's back. Uh, We have Rhea Perlman back as Sid. And now we have Wanda Sykes as Fiji Noah, prolific comedian, actress, and writer uh, on Blackish, Curb Your Enthusiasm, The Upshawls, tons of TV shows and video games, and cartoon references. Um, You know her voice immediately. She's she's just got this amazing voice, and she's just such a great actress and voice actor. Uh, Hector Elizondo as Romar Adele, another heavy hitter like big actor um in pretty woman the princess diaries runaway bride um i mean just just tons and tons of of notes here so that's pretty damn cool philip waters and chicago hope uh, last man standing um so many like amazing 80s and 90s movies um and then
0: last man standing kind of thrown in there Sorry. Uh, no, I, that that show, that show just sucks. But
1: I don't actually even know that show.
0: It's it's the new Tim Allen show. Oh, God, yeah. It's sorry. It's just like Tim Allen is a misogynist asshole. Oh, of course.
1: Of stuff, yeah. But. You know. Anyway, Romar Adele, which is an interesting character that we're going to
0: get to. Yes. Meet. I. So really cool, just pausing there, like that, again, we're still seeing this, them getting these prolific talents, mm-hmm. right, you yeah. know, to, to be a part of. It's so cool. An animated series. Like, I love, I just like love Like, real Perlman yeah. in
1: the Star Wars universe. Like, it's just, I don't know. That's great. Yeah. Um, Nashir Dalal is back as Vice Admiral Rampart, our kind of, like, central villain character, really, um, are kind of what we're getting, especially as we get further into these episodes. So, like I said, this first episode begins... <laughs> And the Bad Batch are on a crab heist. And yeah. I love this because it's a literal... So if you go to Wikipedia and you link this, there is an entire Wikipedia article on the crab heist. Like, just detailing in the most minute details how they're doing this, why they're doing this. I don't even know, really. It's just like, you know, somebody... Sid, obviously, is like, we need some crabs Listen, or some shit. I don't know.
0: Shout out all the Wikipedia editors. You... yeah.
1: It's just funny because sometimes you'll (laughs) click something and there's like two sentences. And then literally this is the first time this has ever like happened. And there's like eight paragraphs about a crab heist. (laughs)
0: I mean, it makes sense. There's I mean sure. there's there's so much on that site, but seriously though, like Ugh. if you edit Wikipedia articles, like you are a hero and yeah. <laughs> deserve all the praise.
1: So sorry, random tangent, but it's really funny. One of my coworkers was telling me that apparently she used to edit Wikipedia articles when she was in middle school and like put fake stuff about celebrities on it. <laughs> And she was like, I didn't realize it was bad. And I was like, oh my God, that's actually really funny because you're really like a nice. middle schooler because she was like bored at school. But anyway, <laughs> Wikipedia, again, um, sorry, another little tangent, was like my like gateway drug into Star Wars. Yeah. Like I used to just go to the random pages and like look up and read stuff because that's my favorite thing. So now I'm I'm hoping that someone my age is in high school just... In their computer class, like computer lab class, which is probably not a thing anymore because probably have a computer in every class, but uh, just you know, probably, reading about the crab heist yeah, while they're, they're probably, supposed to be doing a history project.
0: I was gonna say they probably are just looking up crab heist. Yeah, crab heist.
1: <laughs> um, so we're not gonna go into detail if you want to know the detail about the crab heist and the action sequence. I don't know what do detail
0: it. there could be. It's
1: literally a scene by like step by step of like what's happening. The big pl- plot points here, though, are that we see. The Bad Batch again. Yes. And we see Omega looking much more much older, actually. Looking she looks a little fierce. taller. She looks dope as hell. Um, I love her like awesome, like hunter kind of outfit like a ranger type class like she's got her energy bow which she's actually much better at now like Mm -hmm. that's the big thing about the end of this action sequence that takes up the beginning of this episode I think is her hanging on to the ship and like plucking off the crabs and we learn that apparently she's been like studying more heavily under tech Mm -hmm. um, probably because obviously remember last time when she talked to Hera she said that like if she's gonna pilot the ship she has to know every single thing about it but apparently she also like goes off on tangents and studies other ships and stuff too which i think is awesome other big tidbit we get from this action sequence because it's so bright and colorful we get to show off the bright new uniforms that they have yeah so obviously it's their same for the most part it's still their same patchwork armor but they've added to it we see the um, brush strokes of color they've added Mm -hmm. and i just love thinking like Canonically, that they all sat together and like had a little craft session and just like painted their armor because it's very distinct, right? It's very cool. We see these like beautiful, like pops of blue and orange. Um, well, and I know you have a favorite, you have a favorite uh outfit as well.
0: I well, I like all of them. Um, I forgot what my favorite was. Was it Hunters? I really like Hunters. Hunters is so good. Hunters so I'll good. look up
1: some pictures. Yeah,
0: um, I, I um, yeah, we'll post pictures on the uh, Instagram and on do a
1: little runway set. Uh,
0: but no, their outfits are great, and I think it also just it shows just how much of a departure there is again from the rest of the clones. Because in the third episode, we do see obviously like new clone armor and new. Um, yeah, I fucking love uh, Hunter. So Hunter has kind of these. He has like blue and orange, which is obviously like always a color palette that I really enjoy. But it also Um,
1: harkens back to when Ahsoka had her clone force of blue and orange. I don't know if that was, I don't know if it was intentional. I just thought that was kind of cool.
0: Yeah, it's a very similar like color palette. It doesn't it doesn't like necessarily remind me of that, but I also like that Hunter has like Hunter has a. uh almost like a poncho piece
1: it's like a cape yeah, yeah. it's like a
0: um and it, it's like this red kind of like poncho piece I think it's
1: a serape is what it's yeah
0: called. maybe that's what it is but anytime there's like a serape or a poncho in star wars it's always like the best like that is like peak like just star wars uh outfit
1: because it's a spaghetti western and spaghetti western takes from mexican culture and like a serape like the clint eastwood sure. you know spaghetti western
0: yeah i really like that um all of their uniforms are really cool, but also too. Again, I think it's it's that distinction, right? Of like, well, the empire is forcing this rigid kind of what's the word I'm looking for? This rigid like regularity and like you can't you can't change what you look like kind of thing mm-hmm. on everyone. But like they're like shit. Well, we're kind of we need to like redo our armor, so let's do new colors. Like you know what I mean? I they don't explain that in the show, but that's kind of like my my take. I on
1: love it. Echo's skirt.
0: Yeah, Echo has a skirt. It's Dope. Really cool. Um, I love
1: the pauldron piece on um, Wrecker. Like I said, I love uh, Omega's get up. I love that she has like this cool like Omega's re- hat. The hat reminds me of the hat that Leia wore when she was on Endor.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. yeah it's yeah, a yeah. very
1: similar kind of like foresty, like ranger type.
0: Yeah, kind of. I wonder if that was the that has to have been the inspiration. Um, I know that they take they always take um like I know they take inspiration from like Ralph McQuarrie's like um concept art, and we see this in the the third episode with some of the redesigned clone trooper armor. Um, but I wonder if they took inspiration from Leia for that because that you're right, not? that is badass. Yeah. Also,
1: her hair is so cute; it's grown out a little bit. She's got a cute little, like, side sweep. We actually kind of have matching hair now, which I love. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that. I feel like the brightness just picked, like, just amped it up. Like, mm-hmm. we got to see all this in full color and full form. Um,
0: yeah, but that that's basically, the, the crab heist doesn't really, like, obviously come connect to, to anything fruition. Unless
1: the crabs come back later. Who knows? Yeah,
0: who knows? Um, it's just this really cool action sequence to kind of start it off. Not really tied to anything. They botch it. Yep. It seems like, um, I think they even lose whatever they were trying to get, or do they? Yes. Yeah,
1: but yeah. they end up getting an, a more lucrative uh, quest yep. mission from Sid. They go back to the parlor. AZ is there now, um, and he's like, hey, what's up, y'all? And I guess apparently he's hanging out since he's been um, returned to them after their um, stint at the end of season two, or se- I keep saying season two, season one when they find him again. Um, a pirate is there named Noah. Um, who is, of course, Wanda Sykes. And uh, she asked them to retrieve a war chest of Count Dooku's. So this is a huge deal. This is something... um, Sid even mentions that this is probably going to pay their entire debt. Yeah. Um, So that's going to be really important. One little thing I want to note, obviously, like, Wanda Sykes' character is very comical and funny. I love the moment that she... She's like, who are you? And she looks at Tech, the weediest, goofiest, like of the group, and she's kind of like turned on by him. Like she's like, hey, what's what's your thing? She and says, he's like, I'm a I'm a clone guy. Like she he says, does. Hey, brown
0: eyes. I yeah.
1: Think. Hey, she says like, hey, brown eyes. What's your story or something? And yeah. he's just like, hi, I'm a technician. And he's like, he's like, he's basically, like, hi, I'm Ace. And <laughs> she's like, okay, <laughs> never mind.
0: Um, I think I think too like. It's interesting cuz they all have brown eyes, I think. I don't it know. It still
1: confuses me that Tech sounds so different than the rest of them. <laughs> yeah. Like it just I don't know. Like his voice is so distinctly different. I don't know, but anyway. Him and uh, Crosshair don't have ac- have like the uh, the accent. You know what I mean? Right. It's just funny. Um, so their new order, like I said, is to steal one of Count Dooku's war chests. They're actually going to go to his uh, dilapidated castle on Sereno. Yeah. And just to a little bit of history here, Sereno um, was bombed by the Empire, um, and a lot of the the entire village or a lot of the people that live there were fleeing. Um, Yeah, we
0: see the desolation like when they first arrived. Oh, yeah. It's just like there's like a crater, basically. Exactly. Where they kind of like land, and it's like, oh, that's right. They were playing both sides of this. Mm -hmm. The separatists, too, were just pawns in this whole huge scheme. Um, And.
1: This is part of where the fucked over. (laughs) Yeah. This is part of where I feel like some of the irony comes in with Dooku, especially now that we've seen Tales of the Jedi. We've gotten this backstory with him that he, his first inklings kind of of going to the dark side was because he was harboring anger and frustration with the Senate being corrupt and the Senate taking advantage of these cities and taking from them and looting them and destroying Mm -hmm. them, which is exactly what he did to this
0: planet. Well, and it's also, I mean, not to, like, be too in the weeds with that analogy and, like, too real world, but that's also what happens in the real world. Exactly. Like, whenever there's, you know, some kind of occupying force, imperialism, like, that kind of stuff, like, a lot of the times the people who, you know... I mean, it's it's trite mm-hmm. to say, but mm-hmm. like the people who suffer the most are like the citizens of mm-hmm. you know wherever it is, and like and and on on a galactic scale like this, it's like you know no one is going to come out un you know unchanged, unscathed, mm-hmm. you know whatever it may be. It's it, it's it, I think they do a really good job of showing kind of, and that's why this episode is the spoils of war, right? Mm-hmm. Like, um, it really is just kind of this um, you know or Spoils of War and Ruins of War. It's kind of like they're both, those are both the titles. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that we see that. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So and Omega
1: makes a comment about that when they finally get in. So basically what we see when they approach are the, all the clone troopers, like actual still clones taking out all these war chests. And I think there are, I might be wrong, but I think there are about s- between 60 or 80 war chests that they are, um, no, sorry, 50. That was very big difference but then it just flashed in my head. Yeah. There are fifty war chests that they There's are. There's these taking. like
0: giant, like crates. shipping containers, mm-hmm. right? That are just full of like money, mm-hmm. arms, like anything that you could have like the term war chest is like it's just everything that yeah. makes up like what they were using to fund this war. So it's like it's massive, right? Like it it's not like it's not like just like a you know, they're gonna go get a chest and it's full of like gold doubloons. It's like mm-hmm. it literally is like the entirety of what they were funding and what they were using to uh, proliferate this war. Mm-hmm. So it's it's just this massive haul, and they're only we find out too, like they only need a part of it, right? Like they're not going to get every single. They one say of grab those.
1: whatever we can get, basically, yeah, essentially. And Omega finds, so they end up going in. Omega actually does find a giant crate full of credits, and she's just like overwhelmed. And the irony, of course, is that you know Echo's talking about. This whole time, too, I'm just going to put this in here. Um, Echo is injecting, like, hey, I know that we've been, like, mercenaries, but I think at this point, like, I really want to do something more. And Hunter isn't really harping on it quite yet, but we do get that sense of, like, okay, we're moving towards. We have our own armor now. Like, we've been hiding, but obviously we're not going to be hiding for much longer. We're going to actually, like, create a purpose for ourselves that's higher than us. Yeah. Right? And... And
0: I was gonna. You might be getting to this, but there is the moment um, before they even arrive, and it, it, this this plays out. I think it, later on in the episode where uh, Echo basically is like, "Hunter's like, we don't, I don't we don't want that life for her." Mm-hmm. And Echo says, "We have the life we have now because of her." And Omega overhears that, mm-hmm. like, and it that becomes the driving impetus that becomes for her. the driving impetus for her, and she kind of like. She goes into, like, overdrive, like, in these episodes where she's, like, really trying, like, her damnedest to, like, get, you know, what she can and make sure that they're able to have, like, a successful mission because she, I think she takes the weight and the burden of what Echo says and is, like, this is my fault. Like, this is all my fault.
1: Yeah, she takes it in a negative way. He means that, like, we're thankful, kind of, in in some ways. We're grateful that we were able to discover this about ourselves, but she kind of takes it in a darker kind of way. Um, and that drives her to do whatever she can to secure this war chest. I mean,
0: and to be fair, like Echo, you idiot. Like, why would you say something? Yeah, like exactly.
1: That? <laughs> um, the irony, though, of course, too, is that when she finds this this chest credits, uh, Echo says it comes from Dooku's corruption and that, you know, people stealing is what corrupt people do. But then Omega's like, but we're also stealing it because it's not ours. And so there's this whole, like, obviously conversation about, well, like. We're doing it for good, or blah, blah, blah. You know, that kind of thing. What ends up happening is Omega, Tech, and Echo get trapped in the container they're in. It gets shut on them. Uh, Wrecker and Hunter are outside of it, and we see the Bad Batch get split up between these two episodes. Wrecker and Hunter have to engage with the clone troopers um, in a firefight, and they end up trying to head back to the Marauder so that they can reroute and get back to their uh, friends. We see Wilco... Uh, the clone captain, um, and he's ordering uh, escape pods to be released from, basically what's happening is the cargo containers that they're shipping, um, they're attaching them to ships and they're fl- they're flying them in the air, and he knows that the clones are probably going to try to escape the ship through a- an escape pod, so he releases those, and Omega...
0: Which is actually, I was going to say, is really interesting because I think... Omega is the one who initially comes up with that plan, right? Well, not
1: the plan to use oh, the escape was, pod. She right. says, "Why don't we use the cargo uh, chamber that we're in? Because they also have um, jets that like will, thrusters. yeah, thrusters when we re-enter the atmosphere. That should turn on um, when we get there." So they text like, "Actually, yeah, that's a really great idea." So they're basically in free fall. Like they cut the chamber from the ship and they're in this cargo container hurtling towards back towards the ground um the cargo container lands on an edge of a cliff and in a a, we see a little bit of a little brutalization here tech's femur's fractured he's like crushed underneath and he's just like yeah I think my femur's fractured like (laughs) in very logical tech manner um and so he's a little bit kind of um put out like he's injured so they have to kind of like carry him and stuff and and kind of watch him while he's in the cargo ship. Meanwhile, again, like I said, Wilco is asking the clones to like search all the containers for the Bad Batch. There's a city nearby apparently. They're trying to find the rest of the clone uh, the rest of the clones. Omega and Echo are able to pull Tech out and they're in this forest. And I've actually already moved into the second episode. I was say, this is basically because what the two. end of episode one is them hurtling towards the Earth, and then the second episode begins with them.
0: Literally a cliffhanger.
1: Yeah, literally a cliffhanger.
0: Because <laughs> they're like, it's over. It's that. It's that movie trope where you they're like on like the edge of something, and it's like if they move like too much yeah. to like one side, it's gonna fall over, and then that ends up mm-hmm. basically happening, and then it's stuck again, and yeah. it's. It, 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 it's tropey, but it's still it's useful and it's it's fine. It's
1: fine. It's great.
0: Um, but we do get some cool moments uh, just of them. I mean, it's mostly just them surviving at the end of that and and not dying as they're yeah. like crashing towards Earth. Um, but yeah, then we move into the second episode. And oh, I did want to say I can't remember if this is the first episode or the second episode, but at some point, Wrecker. So the, Wrecker and Hunter, is this second They're episode? in this,
1: It's. I think it. Uh, I think it's actually the first, but they're in the console room and they're trying to get this elevator to go down. Is that what you're talking about?
0: I was, oh, wow. Well, and he jumps on it and they fall in, through. That was in Dooku's like actual like yeah, throne room. I think
1: that might be in the second one. That
0: was in the, no, I think that was the first one, but the other part I was thinking about actually was when they get a tank. They like go into this tank uh, <laughs> graveyard basically and fucking Wrecker, like they're trying to like, Get the, like these tanks working. These old uh, like droid tanks. There's a bit
1: of this in episode one and two. Because yeah, and, they have to work through it for a while.
0: And this is when they're battling with like a lot of the other clones. Wrecker is like, oh, this is all I need, and he basically pulls the the turret off of the tank and starts using that as a gun. So fucking bad. And he's like, he's like so excited as well. Like obviously, he literally
1: like, has a line where he says something about being the tank. <laughs> And I wanted it on a shirt. Like, it's a very D&D. It was just perfect. Yeah. It was like, you he's gotta li- have a tank in the party. Like, he's
0: literally the tank in that moment. Ugh, um, it was great. Such
1: a crush on him. I love him so much. I love my tanky boys. So while they're doing that, Eventually, what happens is they get back into radio communication with each other. But Racker, sa- uh, Hunter sends a coded message that says double, like says double zero. They need to go radio silent yep. because basically, right now, while they're all safe, they're still being hunted. Um, and in the forest, Teco and Omega and um, Teco? Techo, yeah, Techo. That's my oh, new. That's their. That's their ship, Teco.
0: Techo actually it makes
1: sense because like they're both like the weedy, scrawny little twins. Sure. Sorry. Okay tech and echo and you're gonna cut that out no, tech not. echo and omega discover they're being followed by an old man named romar adele and what's funny is omega like fucking takes her crossbow out and is about to like just sh- sh- fucking shoot this guy point blank and they're like calm down kid she's like what are you doing what are you doing for all this yeah. <laughs> and he's like i'm not with the empire they kind of like skeptically kind of agree to not you know injure one another tech um recognizes on his radar that there's like a heat source like a, a little bit away and they find that it's his home so they force him to take them to his house um while they're doing that they learn a little bit more about him we find that Romar is actually one of the civilians that lived in Sereno mm-hmm. that was ousted by the bombing and he still has in his hut collections of their culture their their music their um just everything they, he has all these different items and he actually ask tech at some point to use his um, spanner so that he can open this data core because it has information that he wants to keep. And this is kind of where we find like a contrast to like what people think is important, Mm -hmm. right? Like there's not, you know, Dooku has been taking like the actual like money and treasure that's like potentially valuable in that way. But Romar is keeping the things that like, actually keep this culture alive
0: yeah he's like Um, working on it and tech is basically like i can fix that for you yeah really easily um he also gives omega and this is i think pretty important and i have a theory that this might be important later on Mm -hmm. but he basically gives omega this mini like kaleidoscope Kaleidoscope. um and jinx and Mm -hmm. it uh she's like is this valuable like she's so self-fixated on you know getting getting some kind of Something they can sell.
1: It reminds me of your cousin yes- or your nephew yesterday <laughs> when he was over here. Sorry, tangent. But he was like looking at Tommy's Pokemon cards and he's like, is this one rare? How much is this one earth? Is this one rare? And it's like, dude, these are toys. And it's that, that, the exact conversation yeah. that Romar has. He goes, this is a toy. Yeah. You are a child. You're supposed to enjoy this for its... Like, entertainment have value. not to worry
0: about, like, how much it getting money to help these, like, mercenaries, like, you yeah. know, escape their debt kind of thing. <laughs> um, but it is a really cool moment. And um, at the end of the episode, she ends up with it. He gives it to her. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that's going to maybe play a role later on. I don't know what this kaleidoscope is. There's it,
1: something very significant about it. Because at yeah. the end of the episode, too, basically, the last thing Romar says to her is, like, remember what I told you and and just kind of hints at that we don't know what that means yeah. but you know he does say something about what is valuable and what's not maybe mm-hmm. that's what he's trying to impart on her like hey i know you're still looking for this
0: and that's fine too you know it mm-hmm. doesn't have to be like this is like this little i forget what the term is but this device is going to end up playing a role like later a pl- on yeah. it could just be that he's like no remember you're a kid like you know mm-hmm. what i mean like it could be that as well
1: yeah and i love that um and i appreciate it <laughs> anyway uh While they're working on that data core, though, Echo finds that Omega is gone. She has seen the repelling cables that Romar has in his, um, like, basement, and she takes them because, of course, she's still fixated on getting that chest. And they go back and find her. Eventually, Hunter and Wrecker also meet up with them in the woods. Um, Tech has this great moment that I wanted to point out. Again, we have another, like, action sequence that's pretty much, you know, an action sequence. We don't have to go through in too much detail, but I did want to say we do have Wrecker affixing the uh, blaster to the tank. This is when he shoots down yep. uh, a ship, and Echo is still injured, limping, and he sees this uh, clone trooper like go behind a tree, and he's trying to like shoot him so that he doesn't get attacked himself. Oh, yeah, that part
0: was really stressful.
1: He yeah, but he does it. Like we kind of see them tussle, like they go behind a tree, and you're like, what happens? And then obviously like Tech's last one standing, but he still falls. And uh, Romar goes and, like, kind of picks him up, which is great. Yeah. Um, Romar ends up being the one that, like, gets on a speeder and pulls, uh, I think it's Echo and Omega out from being, like, from falling down with this chest.
0: There's a great moment. So we basically Echo. This is kind of that, like, resolution of that story arc mm-hmm. of the reason Omega is in this predicament is kind of because of Echo's words. Yeah. Which is funny, because his name is Echo, and her his words are kind of echoing. Uh, but uh, Is there an
1: Echo in here?
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah, I'm um, here. And uh, he, so he basically, um, he basically kind of like goes and tries to save her. And he's like, he's like, nothing is like, this isn't, they have a great moment together, I guess is what I'm saying. I don't remember mm-hmm. exactly what he says. But there is this just kind of like, you know, moment that solidifies their kind of bond. And he's like, you know, you're the most important thing. Like we don't need this. I think like- he
1: also, like he also corrects himself. Like I said earlier yeah. and says, I didn't say that for you to mean that we don't, we're upset about what our life is like now. Yeah. You actually allowed us to break free. Yeah. And without you, we might've just been dead and or still in this still serving the situation. Yep. And he, of course for Echo, that's particularly important because Echo, you know, individuated on his own and, and became part of the bad batch as a clone before order 66 and everything else. Mm -hmm. So,
0: yeah, it's a really sweet moment between the two of them, because I think up till this point, we haven't had much of, I mean, we've had a lot of echo and Hunter, obviously we've had mm -hmm. echo and wrecker. We've had echo and tech, you know, a little bit more now. Um, And now we get, or I'm sorry, meant to say Omega. We've had Omega and Hunter, Omega and Wrecker.
1: But Omega and and Echo.
0: But now we get a little more of Omega and and Echo. Yeah, their
1: relationship. Yep. Uh, The last big kind of plot thing that happens at the end of this episode is Wilco reports back to Rampart. We see Rampart like chilling, looking at a data pad. And he says they've recovered about 85% of the war chest. But now he knows that 99 is still alive. And... Rampart actually asked Wilco to falsify the report to General Tarkin, telling him not saying anything about them being alive. Because obviously that would be a huge failure on his part. And when Wilco rejects, Rampart shoots him.
0: Yeah, he shoots him off a cliff.
1: Yeah, and so he's probably dead, but I think the fact that there's another cliffhanger is like, okay, is he actually dead? Like, we don't actually know. Is he going to end up joining the Bad Batch? We kind of see this. I feel like there's this trail of like clones that we've been introduced to that have their own names that might be something of a, a bigger force maybe yeah, there, later on like wilco on. and then cody we'll get to so like i don't know
0: yeah and i think i think too like we're starting to see more of like th- this is a little bit it's it is like conniving on ramparts part but it's also kind of a little bit of desperation right like he has basically said bad batch is dead we don't need to worry about them Mm -hmm. clearly they're not and this report would like which kind of begs the question so we jump into the next episode and it is we didn't get any crosshair in the first two episodes and a lot of people complained about that or not that specifically but they complained about that these episodes weren't like um Plot dense, and I get that idea, but I kind of like how these open to just kind of like reset the world and reset where stuff was at. Mm -hmm. Um, But we find out right in the next episode, Crosshair is has survived and is back with the Empire. Mm -hmm. So my question is, how is Rampart pulling this off? Where he's Mm -hmm. still using one member of Clone Force ninety nine, but has said the rest of them died, and is Crosshair lying? About them being alive as well.
1: Crosshair knows. I mean, Crosshair I mean, does know. I mean, yeah, obviously, of course. yeah. Like yeah. he was left
0: on he was with them.
1: That's very important. So he's clearly not saying something, or maybe he's keeping it to his own advantage. Something Who is, knows?
0: Something is going on with it's a that great point. aspect of it, and I'm curious what's gonna happen.
1: So this episode's called The Solitary Clone and Wikipedia didn't have the little summary um oh, of what this is about. Yeah, Disney from Plus. Disney Plus. Gotcha. Um, but that's fine. We, we know what this one's about. And this was a, ugh, this is probably one of my favorite episodes so far. Um, I mean, there's only three. Uh, Tommy's looking it up right now. But I'm going to go over the, uh, again, directed by Saul Ruiz and written by Amanda uh, Rosé Munoz. The cast here, we do have some uh, people that have come back to us that I will point out. And then some few more new people. We have Matthew Wood as all the battle droids. I think we've gone over this before, but I didn't realize Matthew Wood also is grievous in the films, yes. mm-hmm. which is awesome. I love when like the actors come back, like the voice actors or the actors from the actual movies come well, back.
0: There's probably the droids in the movie as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: It's just really cool. Um, um,
0: I can't get logged into Disney Plus right now for the...
1: I couldn't either. That's why I couldn't get it. But that's okay. We, we you know, the summer is usually a bit lackluster anyway. Uh, Max Middleman is Governor Groton. This is the empire gro- governor that comes to try to replace the governor that's on Desix, um, who's a little pussy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he kind of is. Uh, the vo- He's the voice actor in One Punch Man, Spider-Man, Persona 5. He's also... Persona 5 Man. Persona 5 Man. He's also Theron Sean and Arn Priolun. I don't know. They're Star Wars names, so I don't know how to pronounce them. Ah. In various Star Wars media. Uh, he's also Han Solo in the Lego Star Wars All-Stars game. Interesting. And I think All-Stars, I keep thinking of them playing basketball, what which would be like really a Star Wars All-Stars? I don't know. There's so many things. It's like we love it, but we're also like, oh my God, really? Like, <laughs> you know, we get it. Shelby Young um, is the PA voice in the bunker, basically, that is calling, that keeps telling oh, yeah. Crosshair to go to Rampart every morning. And also the tactical droid. Um, she's also Bragg, so we've seen her before, mm-hmm. too. And then Tasia Valenza is Tawny Ames. Um, she plays the computer voice um, in Metal Gear Solid. Uh, cool. I knew the voice sounded very familiar. Uh, Poison Ivy in Arkham Asylum and Arkham Knight. I think I recognize. I kept saying like her voice is so familiar. Her voice is so familiar, and I probably recognize her from her work in The Elder Scrolls Online Morrowind because she's oh. probably like every other dark elf female that's in it. Um, and then she's also Shock T in the Clone Wars.
0: Yeah, we. I think we've talked about her before. Mm-hmm. She sounds very familiar. Yeah, she's great.
1: Of, yeah. I'm glad she's back. She plays a very interesting character. Um, so this episode begins on Desix. We see uh, Desix. I think this is the first time we're seeing this planet. And I have a little bit of just like history I'm going to yeah, read yeah, from yeah, Wikipedia, yeah. but... At some point before the Clone Wars, Desix left the Galactic Republic and became an independent system that later joined the Confederacy of Independent Systems. Uh, Governor Tawny Ames hailed from the planet. During the Clone Wars, she teamed up with Mina Bonteri and several Separatists and Republic senators to put forth a treaty to end the Clone Wars. This is the peace treaty that she will talk about a little bit later. And I'll go a little bit more in depth with the history there when we get there, too. Um, The treaty was rejected by Chancellor Sheev Palpatine and the Clone Wars continued. So that was like their defining moment where they thought this was going to be over and it mm-hmm. wasn't. And um, Mina Bonteri, just a, I was going to get to it later, but yeah, we
0: know we've seen Mina just yes, like a little she's bit been before. in the Clone
1: Wars. Uh, her death was orchestrated by Palpatine and Dooku, uh, ironically, because again, we're getting all these like cues about Dooku from Tales of the Jedi. And yet, of course, once we fi- we, we find that once you become a Sith, everything that you're gunning towards, that's probably morally good. Ends up being twisted and yeah. and, and, and mutated, right? Um, it seems like everyone's intention is to do something that seems just, but it always ends up getting fucked up by Sith ideology. Mm-hmm. Um, so Mina Bonteri's death is orchestrated um, so that pretty much to corrupt this whole peace treaty situation. Uh, Minam Bonteri was also um, Padme Amadala's mentor. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons she became a senator, and obviously Tawny Ames probably had some connection to her as well
0: yeah we've uh Mina was in some episodes of the Clone yes. Wars I think mm-hmm. I think you already said that but that I the, there's like a whole the, that whole arc kind of plays yeah. out there um and it is it's a really interesting one it's one of the more like obviously like, like politically driven mm-hmm. episodes so it you know
1: so just a reminder yeah. that that's kind of what's going on. So we see this planet. We just see people kind of working. It's very smoky, red and desolate. Um, Governor Groton, the little pussy ass I was talking about earlier, he comes with a contingent of stormtroopers and approaches Tawny Ames, who's in this like cool robotic kind of like rebreather mask. Obviously, like the atmosphere is very interesting on this planet. And he says he's there to relieve her of her position. And she's like, no where i'm the governor i don't need a new governor i don't know what you're talking about you need to get off my planet and when he kind of balks at this she has battle droids b1 battle droids at the ready and starts surrounding his troops and she takes him hostage which is really badass um a little bit more of a violent way of getting things done but obviously she's like i don't know what to do anymore like i've tried to be peaceful and this is the only thing i know how to do Uh, meanwhile we see this iteration of um we see this twice in this episode but this is the first time we have crosshair waking up in his bunker Mm -hmm. obviously he's not in the bad batch bunker anymore which he's in this tiny little room
0: i was gonna say so obviously they're off of camino because camino is destroyed this is a completely different place i'm glad you mentioned the bad Batch bunker because this is really interesting to me and i think that this is a very like important distinction right like the before, it was like, oh, if you're in a troop with, like, folks, you're going to just share, like, your quarters together. He's completely alone. It is – it's basically like a jail cell. Yep. There's nothing in his it's room. It's very tiny. It's very small. I think it's just the bed and – was there a toilet in there, too? Like, I don't even remember. But it's like, it's that's gross. it. gross, yeah. And it's like, wow. Like, th- this obviously, like – and it makes sense, right? Like they're trying to remove their individualization. I wonder they if don't... all
1: the clones are in rooms. Like I think they—they
0: they probably are, right? <sighs> like it would make sense because they don't want them, uh, you know, co- bunking up and being. I was gonna go bunking up and being gay, <laughs> bunking <laughs> up
1: and like actually like having
0: friends and being because yeah. that's
1: what the that's what happened in the Clone Wars is that they established brotherhood and well, relationships and, 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 and they
0: talk they talk later on about this as well later on in the episode about how, like, a lot more clones are going AWOL. Mm -hmm. Like, they're starting to go AWOL. A lot of them, you know, they're... And I don't know if this is... This is something that we'll have to see if it plays a role or not. I don't know if it's because, like, the inhibitor chips are wearing off. I don't know if it's because, you know, they're just, like, their consciousness is taking over. Mm -hmm. But they're not okay with doing the things that they're being asked to do. And Mm -hmm. that's what this whole episode kind of... played excuse me, plays off of Mm -hmm. Um, this entire episode plays off of the fact that like the clones have their individualization or their individuality. That's the word. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, And even if they are trying to separate them, even if they are trying to take that away, they're still able to, a lot of them are still able to maintain that.
1: The issue here with Crosshair though, too, is that he's not only separated from the clones or the other like people, but like the clones too, because we see him go to the cafeteria. He goes to sit down and the, the two other clone officers that are there actually get up and move away from him. Yep. No and, one wants to be around him.
0: It's also interesting, too, because literally as soon as he sits down, he I think he takes like one bite of food. He gets called to yep. Rampart's office.
1: Of course. He's like Rampart's little baby. He's like, come on, Crosshair. And uh, we learn from this little exchange with Rampart that Crosshair was on Camino for 32 rotations, which is... 35 days
0: yeah a camino
1: day is like 27 hours or a rotation
0: it's really fucked up (laughs) he
1: was just like in the rain on a little island with fire and brimstone around him like because the planets exploded i mean the boys said he could go with him and he he said no so hopefully he regrets it
0: (laughs) there's yeah there's some interesting crosshair is starting to like. There's like something bubbling beneath the surface mm-hmm. with Crosshair, um, in these in this episode, and I think
1: I like Crosshair as a character. I just find it this very anti-hero. Like at first, it was like a very obvious, like oh, he's just like a snarky guy with like a cigarette, like yeah, well, not a cigarette, but um, he's becoming a much a toothpick. But now he's more fleshed
0: out. He's becoming a much more. I mean, he's he's becoming a very interesting character. I think that he does have that kind of classic anti-hero characterization Mm -hmm. but i think that the way they animate him the way d bradley breaker (laughs) d D. bradley baker dbb you know acts as him like i think it all like he is a very interesting and it's a very well done version of this trope and we even see it early on like he doesn't seem to be like he's like Rampart calls him into his office, and he's like, "Well, what group am I leading?" And Rampart's like, "You're not leading anybody. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. you're not. You know, you were left out for 35 days. I don't even know if you're fit for service anymore." Well,
1: he says that he that he calls him to tell him he's coming back to right, service. right, but right. Still, yeah. Like, but I don't know why I'm doing this, but
0: yeah, he's basically like, "You're gonna have to answer to someone else for a while," yep. which is. If you think about, like, what Crosshair was doing before, he was leading, like, these new kind of, like, troops mm-hmm. and things like that into various success. I mean, we only see some of the failures a lot of the yeah. times when it pertains to the Bad Batch. But, you know, he obviously was having some level of success yeah. um, prior and also knows what, what the fuck he's talking about, too. That's the important part is, like, he know he's very smart. He is...
1: Also, he did survive for thirty five days. He survived for like, thirty five. He's
0: <laughs> he's an incredible. I mean, he's like a super soldier, mm-hmm. and he basically gets bust down rank. And I think that's oh a. My very- god, <gasps> oh my god, he's
1: Sephiroth! Oh my god, clones! Sorry, okay.
0: I, sure. I'm going to go down
1: a whole tangent about Final Fantasy Seven. Anyway, uh,
0: but yeah, so um, I think we start seeing crosshairs kind of discomfort a little bit as well with this whole process and i think it is that ambitious quality in him that probably at this point is what the issue is but he joins up with commander cody that's who he gets assigned to which is exciting because we haven't seen commander cody in forever so i
1: love this moment i'm sorry jumping in here real quick so cody was obi-wan's general Mm -hmm. and so there's this moment, of course, when Cody go when Crosshair goes to meet his uh officer that he's gonna be with on this mission. Basically the mission is to go to Desix and get the pussy guy out. Um, sorry, I'm Groton, I really don't like this guy. I hate I hate yeah, I hate characters that are like evil but they're just like skeezy wimpy like kill him and they're just like you know just shitty little like peons like that's kind of just what he is he's obviously a wimp
0: like he's what rampart started out as but like they're not going to flesh him out because they don't need him Because rampart becomes this really great kind of villain that they he is a really good villain yeah um
1: Um, so they're going to basically take they're going to pretend that they're there on a diplomatic mission uh, to Alderaan, <laughs> and sorry, a diplomatic mission to Desix to get this guy. Um, and Cody's going with him, and they actually meet at the battle memorial. So you see, like, the wall of names, which is yeah. fascinating.
0: So that's a battle memorial for um, the Battle of Genosis, which is like the big mm-hmm. uh battle in uh, is it Attack of the Clones?
1: I'm not sure, I can't remember which one that is,
0: but um, that's like the big one. All they talk about it a lot, like in like with the clones and stuff like that. Um, I did want to point out. Um, Cody
1: also specially requested Crosshair for this mission.
0: Yeah. Which is. Uh,
1: Cody. Cody's on our side. Cody. At least this is my belief. Well, we we find out later that he defects. So obviously. But I think he picked Crosshair out because he is trying to form an alliance from the inside. Right. And yeah. Crosshair is very strong and very important. And Cody is actually visibly uncomfortable When they're talking and they, you know, Cody obviously tries to like bring the topic up to see what's going on, what's going down. And he's like, you know, a lot of clones have been deserting. What are your thoughts on this? And Crosshair's like, they're traitors, just like the Jedi. And obviously, that is a zinger. To Cody, because he was good friends with Obi-Wan. And yeah. for him to hear that is very gut-wrenching.
0: Well, and also, too, I think Cody doesn't... It, it's obvious Cody doesn't feel that way at this point. Like, we Mm-mm. see this, like, they, the way they play it up. He's he, trying
1: to fe- get feelers on Crosshair about, yeah. like, his thoughts.
0: I did really quickly want to yeah. talk uh, the about the battle in the Wall. No, you're fine. Um So... I have to give credit to the person who did this, um, Kyle Katarn. Um, he's one of the hosts of uh, Dork Forces podcast, which I don't know much about. Um,
1: we'll have to um, post this on the but, uh, Instagram.
0: They so so he spent the time to actually translate the wall. Whoa! It's mostly gibberish. Oh well, of course. I think well, it's, it's pretty Wars. much all gibberish. I hope it's like um, ding
1: dong, hot dog, poopy pants.
0: I don't even think it's that. I think it's just like. It's just like letters and stuff like that. So they didn't really take the time to, which is fine. Whatever, I don't blame them. But like, I just remember seeing that. But
1: it's not clone names, right?
0: No, it's not. It's it's. Like that's I said, that's it's the like big thing, right? Is it's that there's... literally like just gibberish. Like he spent the time like.
1: To no, what I'm it. saying is like it was the intention. So like I'm trying to figure out the significance of this battle wall. Was that are there names supposed to be names of clones on it, or is it names of all the actual? like people because that's the thing right is that like the clones don't even get a memorial the only clone memorial we've seen is Ahsoka putting the helmets on sticks
0: it's interesting though because like i don't know if they intended for it to be that obviously but like it is kind of this it's funny it's like even if this is their memorial and it's like "Eh, we're just gonna slap some gibberish up there nobody's gonna fucking care (laughs) like you know what i mean oh you think like the real and like the real people in in real. (laughs) (laughs) they're they're, They're they're clones they don't matter jesus um, could you
1: imagine oh my god so um they have that conversation we're gonna see this i love the artistic like we always talk about the poetry in these episodes Mm -hmm. and there is a reiteration of crosshair waking up in his bunk again at the end of this episode and the memorial again um so we'll see that again where's
0: rhymes i
1: love it Anyway, uh, Star Wars rhymes.
0: No, that's, a, that's what people say. They say, like, Star Wars, like, the, like... Oh, there is... I thought
1: you meant the word Star Wars rhymes no. with each other. And I was like, they don't, but okay. No, the,
0: the movies, the stories, like, yeah, there's yeah. there's a rhyming in... Sure. Um, yeah.
1: Um, So they arrive on Desix. Uh, Groton is still protesting with Ames that he's the rightful governor. And this is kind of where we get a little bit more of her, like feel for what her reflection like peace is not going to happen anymore she actually mount- mentions count dooku being right about the republic and um how he was right about it being replaced by the empire she basically says my side lost the clone wars and we'll lose this war as well so it's interesting that she's so embittered that she's like mm-hmm. dooku was right um and again as we talked about again there's this iteration of the tales of the jedi episode of we see i'm so glad i really didn't care about seeing dooku and then when i did i was kind of like wow like i don't know i was like i kind of liked him for a minute i was like he he wants to again it's that thing of that anakin thing right where we're finally getting to see these villains that we didn't really get to see evolve in the right way in the movie evolve in the clone wars and that's what's so special about the animated series it's one yeah. of the great things about it right um sorry
0: kind of like no
1: going really that's excited what... about it but it's just really cool um
0: yeah, I, I i agree and i, I was the kind of complicated the same way.
1: matter right it's not just good and evil the same thing what we've talked about in in the clone war series with the jedi morals moral like morals it's the same way with people and they were politics
0: in, with like the movies like the prequel movies like there was so little time given to like the actual like people and like the politics like they do spend a lot of time
1: and about the the dressing of politics it wasn't
0: the it um, was like the base it was like the, the feelings f- it was like we have this building block there's this group of planets that don't want to pay taxes kind of thing or whatever it was. Um, and we didn't really get like the, the other pieces behind it. And now we're able to like really see it fleshed out.
1: Yeah, exactly. Uh, again, just further brushstrokes that are like helping paint this picture. Um, so Ames actually orders battle droids to hit the approaching shuttle, which is coming for the city. Um, and it crashes outside the city. And when the battle droids approach the shuttle, they discover, um, dead bodies no survivors um but they're shot in hiding by crosshair and cody who start to advance on that situation and this is when we start to get like this really amazing action sequence we see crosshair and cody become one right like a unit um they they work very well together. There's this amazing moment where they're getting closer and closer to the I guess it's like a cast a castle type like mm-hmm. turret where Ames is like holding Groton hostage. And uh they not only do we see a lot of, you know, separatist droids, we see the we see our Dridekas. we see our Droidekas, we see our Roger Rogers as I call them, being Roger Rogers and being stupid. <laughs> well, they're dead. <laughs> oh no. And, you know, they get shot in the face. Um, sorry, I just love doing that. I know I hate them. I always say I hate them, but I, i'm gonna I'm gonna admit right now that I like them. They're all. good. Okay,
0: nice. I finally did it. I, I knew episode
1: thirty six and I finally did it. Deep a year down. and a half into this, I finally yeah, decided that I like them.
0: There's a lot of battle, and I think you're getting to this. The, there's like there's really like two moments like that mm-hmm. I think are like really cool. Like it's a very, like entrenched battle. And they do a really good job. I think this one is in a lot of ways shot really well. It's so cool um it is like these like really close quarter battles and things like that um the first moment is uh and i don't want to say your thunder if you want to talk about it but the moment where uh cody basically had sticky bombs like sticky grenades mm-hmm. one battle droid because the droids have their ray shields yeah. um so you can't like get through them with just throwing you know a grenade in it like
1: we saw in mando too it, he's, they had problems with those
0: yeah it sticky bombs to a uh battle droid and the battle droid crosshair then shoots the battle droid and it falls into the ray shield which takes out the droid so dope
1: so i love this because it also kind of i feel like crosshair is getting to work with a clone that's very much like the bad batch like it's a very much like bad batch kind of like they don't even need to say much of anything like they just work in sync
0: with each other it's also like it's not they didn't have this tactic drawn up it was just kind of like in the moment they figured this out it's great
1: the other one, of course, is they're going up this turret of stairs, and Crosshair is just flinging these little, like, His reflection mirrors. mirrors, like, you know, those little sticky reflection mirrors, ding, 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 just ricocheting off. He eventually does get the the other droid at the top of the stairs, and they end up getting to the top. And when they make it to the top of the tower, they find Ames with Groton hostage, and she basically, you know, well, tells them.
0: Sorry, I just wanted to say there was a moment, too, in that sequence where they're going up the turret. Oh yeah, when, they
1: get choked out.
0: Crosshair's getting choked out, and he's like, he's like begging. He's like Cody, like asking mm-hmm. for help. Um, and Cody has to like come with his knife and like get this droid off of it. Very
1: hunter esque. Yeah. He takes that Bowie knife out. Yeah. I don't know if it's a Bowie knife, but I, that's what I always think that. I think it is.
0: Yeah, kind of basically. It's very.
1: Is. I was like, oh, we got a hunter knife going on. Yeah. Like he gets to kind of. I don't know. There's like iteration. There's just reminders of.
0: How he used to work with people, mm-hmm. right? And I think this kind of builds up for Crosshair. We can see he's not, like, happy necessarily, but, like, it seems like he's enjoying working Reliefed. with Coach, Cody. Yeah. Um, and then there's even the final moment at the top of the stairs where Cody, like, has to throw the mirror. Um, and oh, Crosshair yeah. makes the shot, like, really quick, and it's what ends up, like, you know, taking out the droids, uh, mm-hmm. the, the uh, tactical droid, which they yes. were trying to get to at the top of the stairs. Yes. Uh, but, yeah, and then we get to the moment where they're – They meet with um, Ames. I almost said Mina Bonteria, but she's already dead. (laughs) Yes.
1: Well, Ames then again says, like, I used to believe in what Mina Bonteria was doing, her efforts. Like I said, this was Padme's mentor. They're the ones that broached the idea of, of peace that was brought down by Sidious and Dooku. Again, ironically, Dooku was part of this whole thing. Like, she talks about how Dooku was right, and yet he was the one that, Orchestrated Mina Von Terry's death too, mm-hmm. playing both sides. Um, Cody actually takes his helmet off in this moment and begins to plead with her, and this is clearly not part of the the scenario. Yeah, the um, empire
0: does not want this.
1: He's saying like, look, there's been enough bloodshed. Maybe this can, you know, maybe there can be peace this time. Um, and of course, when she finally kind of stands down this little pussy ass comes out and is like all right great kill her, whatever killer and of course he doesn't do it but he doesn't have to because crosshair shoots her and it's a very dark moment i mean we see her gasping for air and groton orders them to display her body in the town square as a warning to the rest of the people there and this is the i mean it's just awful Right, there's,
0: there's, there's. I think this starts raising that question that we still have, right, about Crosshair. Like, is this just who he is, or does he still have his inhibitor chip, or
1: does he know he has to play the part for a while? That's still. kind of
0: where I'm at. Where it's like, I think Cody is this like idealist in this moment, and he's like, we can get out of this without like bloodshed. Obviously, the Empire doesn't want that. The Empire wants to crush dissidents, and we see that when mm-hmm. um, the commander is like relieved finally, and. When crosshair get when they get the order, Cody's not gonna do it. But mm-hmm. like crosshair, I think you could make the argument where he's like, what choice he's got he ta-
1: he's got to take it for Cody, yeah, because if he doesn't, then, you know, what's going to end up happening is Groton's going to be like, well, then you shoot Cody or you, you know what I mean? There's going to be something there. So this was just the easiest thing.
0: Yeah, it's not that it's right. It's just kind of like, I think.
1: Or at least we hope.
0: Yeah, it's either that one, he still has his chip, two, he's an asshole, or three, he's just kind of, like you said, playing the part Mm -hmm. and doesn't really know, you know. I mean, at the end of the day, does this one separatist really matter? Like Mm -hmm. kind of thing to the crosshair, crosshair, Mm -hmm. so I don't know.
1: What's interesting is when they're le I I like this little other little poetic nod. I guess um, we're both
0: quiet. Like the, it's very quiet. There's no music. It's dark
1: again. We see crosshair and Cody. They don't speak to each other. Get on the ship. And as the clones are leaving the planet, stormtroopers, human stormtroopers are coming to occupy it.
0: Yeah, you see. So it's like, like the, the clones are the out. cleanup,
1: the emotionless cleanup crew. And the humans are coming in to be the ones that serve as this, you know, we're the ones coming in to save you sort of
0: thing. Not even to save you, but I think, I think too, like, Cody sees, like, oh, they are, we're just this occupying force here. Mm-hmm. Because that's not what the general, the, the, blah, 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 the governor wanted. Mm-hmm. She wanted them to be their own kind of people.
1: I don't need, yeah.
0: And it's obvious that's not going to happen.
1: Exactly. When they finally get back, they're at the battle monument again. And Cody asks Crosshair if he believes they're truly making the galaxy a better place. And Crosshair says, I'm just following orders.
0: That's not my job. That's to not like, my job. Yeah.
1: But Cody kind of digs at him and says like, yeah, but you're making choices and those choices are going to have mm-hmm. consequences. And you're not only making decisions, but you have to live with them.
0: Yeah, he says we have to live with our decisions. And I think... Again, I think Crosshair knows all of this. I don't think this is like a question to Crosshair. Um, I think he's he's well aware of all this. But having this reminder from someone who is objectively like your brother, like you share the same DNA, like
1: yeah, Cody doesn't come out saying what did you do, like and he's heard this how before. did you do this, like blah blah blah, like what are you thinking? Like he doesn't do that. He just states to Cody. He just states to Crosshair, yeah. like. I understand. I understand what following orders means.
0: He's also he's also heard this from you know the Bad Batch as well. Uh, Crosshair has mm-hmm. so um, yeah. It, it's a very it's a very kind of beautiful tragic moment where Crosshair has this reminder again, and also from someone who murdered Jedi. Like yeah, he didn't murder Obi Wan. Obviously, like he couldn't, but like. Yeah, it's just it's it's that that very moment impactful. is very impactful. And then we jump right back to <clears throat>
1: the next day he wakes back
0: up. Same same, same thing yeah. every day.
1: Same old shit. He goes to Rampart and Rampart he learns that uh Cody has defected.
0: Yeah, he's he, he crosshairs or sorry, Rampart's basically like you're going to report to CT whatever whatever mm-hmm. and in Crosshair very, is very defiant in this moment. He's like, "Well, what about Cody?" Mm-hmm. And Rampart's like, "Who you like you're just numbers who's Cody, and he's like, oh, Yeah, C-, and, and Crosshair says this with like bite. He's like CT, and I think it's like 2022 or something like that is mm-hmm. Cody, it's whatever Cody's designation is. Um, and he says, Um, it seems he's gone a AWOL. He says, A lot of people who end up with you seem to be doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is the first moment that I get where Crosshair, I think, is finally starting to. Something is seeping through where he's he, and I think it's more personal at this point, right? Where he had grown a little bit of a bond during the time that he was with Cody. And now he's just Things also
1: taken away from him. I didn't again. even
0: think of this at the, in the moment. I didn't even think of this in the moment, but like Crosshair might even be thinking like, did he go AWOL or was he murdered? Because the, at the end, you kind of, when, when he they're didn't leaving,
1: follow an order.
0: When they're leaving Desix, you see Cody, like, sees the other, the admiral or whatever that was being held hostage. And the admiral looks at him, too. And so part of me wonders if he's saying that he went AWOL and maybe he was just murdered. Shit. And I wonder if Crosshair might be thinking the same thing.
1: He's going to find Cody's dead body somewhere or, like, find his, like, armor or something. I
0: also, I'm going to call my shot at this point. I think Crosshair ends up... Murdering rampart. Oh fuck point. yeah!
1: I I mean that would be so satisfying. Yeah, that would be so satisfying. I
0: also am starting to wonder more and more if Crosshair has this mindset that he's working kind of undercover. Like I wonder if he is kind of. What I've you said always about kind of felt part. that.
1: Remember at the beginning, because yeah. at the end of the at the end of season one, he you know easily shoots the clones that are picking off the um. The Bad Batch and is like look I don't have any Loyalty to them mm-hmm. and Hunter's Like well then what the fuck are you doing dude Like yeah. come on like uh, He's trying to figure out where he's supposed to belong In um, yeah. his place and and maybe the, He's realizing like This isn't Just about following orders now Like yeah. I, I do I am making decisions On my own and what kind of decisions
0: do I want To make Ugh, yeah I, I I'm just gonna go out on a limb I think this might Be the best episode of the Bad Batch To date like this particular one. Yeah. I yeah. think I think it's it's so beautifully written. It's so beautifully done. Like the s- cinematic. It is It's great. I wish I, I wish this the was the two parter. Like I wish this was a two parter to start the season because I wanted more of Cody and Echo. Uh or good lord. Cody and Crosshair. But like I it was so well done and like honestly one of the best episodes of animated Crossy. Star Wars <laughs> Crossy. Sorry, I'm gonna um, make
1: I'm gonna make ships for all of them.
0: But what did you, what were your thoughts on the first two and then this one? Well, I absolutely agree.
1: I think, I think I also would have wanted this to be the like the, just for like the impact. But I also kind of think it's like that thing where it's like, you don't want to give all your stuff away at once. Like you want to kind of just jump everybody back into the action. So you get like a familiarity again and then go, oh my God, here comes all the juicy stuff. Yeah. I also, yeah. Like, I think the next one's going to be even juicier. What's the name of the next episode?
0: I, I I had them, but I don't have them all pulled up in front gonna of me. I'm going to look up right now. While you're doing that, I was going to say, I also think it's very impactful that they they could have easily done, like, kind of, they've done this in the past, where they did, like, split screen between, or not split screen, but, like, cutting between the Bad Batch and then Crosshair, like, in the same episodes. It's very, it, it makes a lot of sense, and it's very intentional that they did not do that here. They gave them their own unique episodes to kind of it off. You don't see... Crosshair in the first episode, you do see Rampart, or in the first two episodes, you don't see the Bad Batch in Crosshair's episode. And I think it is very impactful that they made that decision. I think that was a great call. I also think the juxtaposition of the first two episodes where the Bad Batch, it's not plot heavy, right? Like, it, And we talked about that, and that was kind of a complaint that some folks had. Crosshair's episode is very plot heavy in terms of like where the season is going to go. I think that was intentional as well because it shows that juxtaposition of like the the Bad Batch and Crosshair are both in their own ways kind of lost at this point. Mm -hmm. The Bad Batch aren't doing anything that is like helping anyone necessarily no.
1: yeah they're crosshair. not really on a certain side yet either
0: crosshair is lost in that he's been bust down in ranks he's just living on his own he's just kind of surviving he doesn't have that that drive that we saw in him at the end of the last episode he fe- really feels like a much more broken man what
1: if he just becomes a lunch lady the- <laughs> sorry
0: <laughs> i mean he could maybe you that's just busted
1: in my, men- my, my head went busting tables cafeteria i don't <laughs> I don't know where I'm going. I'm going to do another clip art
0: picture. Bustin' makes him feel good.
1: Bustin' makes him feel good. Um,
0: But no, I really, I think that they did a phenomenal job setting up these first two episodes. I think, or these first three episodes, I think that, you know, for me, I think the the, the opener was fine. I don't have any issues with it not tying to, like, those threads that they left dangling. We're going to get that as the season goes on. And I think it's we got one of like the best episodes of animated Mm -hmm. Star Wars to date in episode three. I think
1: they knew. They were like, we're going to do a little breadcrumb, you know? Mm -hmm. Like I think uh, it also kind of helps for people who aren't really on Crosshair side yet to show the bad batch again first yeah you know what i mean and also their evolution but also you know they're in these new uniforms but it also kind of picks up right where it left off they're still doing missions they're still like getting money get paid like they're just doing what they're doing and so i think that was just they're just surviving that's
0: the same thing crosshair is doing in a different way and also too i was going to say too
1: literally on camino
0: again and we've seen this before but crosshair does not have any any markings that make him like differentiated like on his armor and stuff No, not yet. He's not an individual um, in these moments. I hope
1: they like christen him and like paint his armor and Mega like gives him a little crosshair thingy. I don't know. That's (laughs) silly. But the next episode is called Faster, which honestly don't have any foreshadowing indications there at all. Some of the next ones coming up, I do like I really do see this idea of all these clones that are discovering themselves, not just the Bad Batch and and Crosshair, but also those other clones that we've seen. Like, for example, I think we're going to see I can't remember his name, but the hot one. The specially hot clone that was on Hera's planet that was, like, her bodyguard.
0: Oh, um, I know who you're talking he about. He didn't die, did he? No, he did not, as far as we know so far. I, I think, think he was arrested.
1: He's going to come back. Um, I don't know. I think I think the Bad Batch is going to realize, like, we're all the Bad Batch. Like, we're all... I know that's so goofy, but, like, all the clones are gonna be i don't know what i'm Defective going effective at this point yeah. yeah like we're all we're all broken toys andy <laughs> and we all have a purpose i'm saying
0: cute <laughs>
1: anyway uh, a little bit of a longer episode but we did cover a lot and i i think we're ready and raring to go for the next episode Heck yeah and i'm excited to go over it with um uh, the stark pod uh sorry the stark wars as well um, that's gonna be so cool. It's be fun. So, um, anything, anything else you wanted to say?
0: No, I, I really, I really like where this season is <laughs> going so far. Yes,
1: that's it for today's episode. We're at Distant Echoes SW on Twitter and Instagram, or you can find us each individually. Um, I'm at Cassie Thulu and Tommy. Where are you located in this galaxy?
0: I am at Awkward Comma on Twitter.
1: Tune in next time when we read every name on the first Battle Memorial Wall.
0: That's going to be tough since we just learned it was all gibberish.
1: Hot dog poo-poo pee-pee.
0: (laughs) Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.